Morning Prayer starts on page 3. The hour cometh and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Continuing on the bottom of page 7. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459 for the Venite. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 85 begins on page 446. Lord, thou art become gracious unto thy land. Thou hast turned away the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the offense of thy people and covered all their sins. Thou hast taken away all thy displeasure, and turned thyself from thy wrathful indignation. Turn us then, O God our Savior, and let thine anger cease from us. Wilt thou be displeased at us forever, and wilt thou stretch out thy wrath from one generation to another? Wilt thou not turn again and quicken us, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hearken what the Lord God will say, for he shall speak peace unto his people and to his saints, that they turn not again unto foolishness. For his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall flourish out of the earth, and righteousness hath looked down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall show loving kindness, and our land shall give her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall direct his going in the way. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the thirteenth chapter of the first book of Samuel. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself three thousand men of Israel. Two thousand were with Saul in Michmash, and in the mountains of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, The Hebrews are here. Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, thirty thousand chariots and six thousand horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped at Michmash, to the east of Beth-Avon. 
When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people following him trembling. <clears throat> then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. <clears throat> and Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded to you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people present with him, about six hundred men. <clears throat> Saul, Jonathan his son, and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Michmash. Then raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned onto the road to Ophrah, to the land of Shual. Another company turned to the road to Beth Horon. And another company turned to the road of the border that overlooks the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. And the charge for a sharpening was a pim for the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes, and to set the points of the goads. So it came about on the day of the battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. But they were found with Saul and Jonathan his son. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash. Here ended the first lesson. This on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fourteenth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now it happened, as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silence. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them, saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited, but he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, 
When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. But whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he also said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back, and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Here ended the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord of all power and might, who art the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of thy name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of thy great mercy keep us in the same, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, 
neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I'm filling in for Bishop today since he's uh, on his uh, trip to Denver. Um, as we were going through the morning prayer this morning, I just want to make a quick comment on the uh, canticles we do. And uh, I didn't know if any of you are, uh, maybe some of you are newer to this and didn't, didn't know this, but when we do like Benedictus and you see us marking ourselves with the sign of the cross as we begin the Benedictus or Magnificat, um, you wonder why we do that and not others. And um, my understanding is, as you see, Benedictus is from St. Luke. So if it comes from the gospel, we'll, we'll mark ourselves with the sign of the cross as we begin. Just thought I'd throw that out. I didn't know if everybody knew that or not, but that's my understanding of it, and it seems to work. So I want to go back to our colic for the week just briefly. We're In our colic, we ask God today to increase in us true religion. And so in our passages today, we get some examples of something that's other than true religion. And as in Samuel, as we move <clears throat> into these two chapters, we're moving from a section that went over the um, establishment of Saul's kingdom. And now we're going to see a few chapters, about three, on the um, relationship between King Saul and Samuel. And so it's kind of a short little section, but we see that. And it kind of recounts Saul's failures, which ultimately disqualifies him from being king of Israel. And Saul, as Bishop pointed out, when before he was even uh, anointed, showed himself to be overly concerned about the thoughts of others. And as a result, when you're concerned about what you what others think, you have a tendency to want to please people rather than God. So in this case, um, he was told to go to this place to wait for Samuel for seven days. And at towards the end of the um, seven days, he, he was getting anxious. And he was anxious because of fear. And so we saw that the people were afraid because of the Philistines. And it says the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and pits. And they were actually starting to leave him or desert him. And Saul, Saul got fearful and anxious because he felt like he had to do something. Um, these people, without, him, without them, he wouldn't have an army and there's a coming battle. And if you wonder why they were afraid, right at the end of the passage, we had a little section that says that they didn't even have weapons. They had farm implements to fight with other than Saul and Jonathan who had swords. Um, so they, they were not in a good place, but they were in a place where they would have to rely on God rather than themselves. So the, not only were the people afraid, their leader was afraid he couldn't, and afraid he couldn't keep them from running. So instead of encouraging the people and leading them by example, um, he acted as a priest. And he's not allowed to act as a priest. That's not okay for him today to do. So just for a second, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Two people in the Bible who were allowed to be priests and kings. Of course, you can't answer me. I'm going to give you a second to think of them, <clears throat> and you'll know if you're right. So one was Jesus, who was priest and king, and the other was Melchizedek, who was priest, of, priest and king of Salem. Uh, so in his anxiety, Saul, when, when he saw Samuel, Samuel came, and you know he was. we don't know how late he was or if he was right at the end of the seven days, but Samuel came as promised. And he asked Saul, what did you do? And he said, well, I got nervous, and I felt compelled to offer a burnt offering. So we talk a lot about anxiety. And... Um, I think some of you know I'm a marriage family therapist. I always think of anxiety as, as going into the future, grabbing a maybe possible outcome and bringing it into the present to worry about it. And it's an overwhelming feeling a lot of times that I just have to do something. And for some of us, it's a striving to solve the math problem that has no solution. And so we feel like Russell Crowe and uh, Beautiful Mind writing on the glass and and coming up with this, this uh, big old problem, and, and we just can't solve it. But we feel like there's something I'm supposed to do. Because what we don't do well is wait. Uh, it leads to bad decisions, bad actions, and bad results. And as, as I like to think, uh, we play stupid games and win stupid prizes when we do that. And so Saul won the stupidest prize of all because he would lose his kingdom. Contrast that as we, as we go along with King David. You'll be able to see how David sought the Lord. And I put mostly in parentheses because he did seek the Lord, seek the Lord. But like us, he messed up. But he always uh, fessed up to his faults, repented, and took his medicine like a big boy. So that's a good example for us is to always come back to the Lord. Um, deciding behavior based on faith is a far smarter game than letting anxiety rule. So 
if we, as we move into Luke, we come into a little different kind of anxiety. We, we see these Pharisees and leaders who have invited Jesus to dine with him. And, and the kind of, uh, the different kind of religion and the different kind of anxiety for these is that we've always done it this way. And the problem is, is that's not wrong the way you've done it. The thing that's wrong is that your heart isn't in it. It's not part of, um, who you are. It's just something you're doing. And I remember, um, an example of that, because of course in the Anglican Church we have some traditions and things we do. And one day we were having a discussion about how you light the candles on the altar, in, in what order. We go from the right out and from the left out, and you always do the gospel candles. Uh, they never burn alone. And one day I was asking Deacon Mahoney about that. And you may not have met Deacon Mahoney, but he's a very, very smart attorney and also a deacon. And he knows all the rules backwards, forwards, and um, upside down. And I said, Deacon Mahoney, how do you do that? And why is that important? And he said, the most important thing to remember about the candles is that they had them in, in they had them for a reason. And I, oh, uh, the light of God. And he says, no, it was dark and they needed the candles to, to, to read. And so sometimes we get so stuck in which order we light the candles that we forget what their real purpose was originally. And yes, they represent the light of God. And, and it's, um, it's, it's, we get stuck in that and then we forget. And these people got so stuck that they stood before the creator of the universe and wanted to hold on to the religion. So they did not invite Jesus to dine with them because they thought he would be just a great uh, dinner guest. They were trying to, the Bible says, they, so they could keep their eye on him. Um, and, and they watched him closely. And so they were trying to trap him. And Jesus exposes their hypocrisy and their lack of true religion uh, because he asked them when, when he healed the man with dropsy, and it was on the Sabbath. And of course, that's why they wanted to keep him on there on the Sabbath to see if he would do that. And they probably knew he would. But he asked them, anybody has a donkey or, or a, a farm animal and it falls in a hole and it's in, in, you know, it's in pain and danger. Who wouldn't on the Sabbath rescue this? And of course, it's, uh, it was just showing mercy and, and, um, and, you know, anybody would do that. And so he points out their hypocrisy that they wouldn't do that for men. And I challenge you, if, if, you know, you have any thought to side with the Pharisees on this, find the rule in the Old Testament that says you can't rescue your, your cow or heel on the Sabbath. I'd be interested to find it or see it if you did. So, um, he tells them, don't invite just your friends and your brothers to dinner expecting to get something back. Um, this is not supposed to be a, an absolute that you don't invite your friends and relatives to a meal. But what they used to do is they would invite other rich people and uh, people who were family members, and they would act as if it was a spiritual act of true charity. So once again, they would do this act and their hearts weren't in it. And so it was a, it was a rebuke against those to, uh, you know, who were, were acting like they were religious and weren't. So, um, these leaders insisted just on stubbornly holding on to their, uh, the religion, there's Jesus, the one who made the religion. And they missed out uh, on the, they had the kingdom of the temporal life, but they missed out on the kingdom of God. And that's a mistake we don't want to make as we, as we live in our life of prayer. We want to remember that, that Jesus is our king, um, that we can't get stuck in things and that we have to not live in anxiety. So we, we do that in our life of prayer, and that comes from not a decision to do something different, but it comes from total surrender, which we're called to do. So just a few thoughts on today's passages. I'd like to move to the prayer of all conditions of prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. Well, God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or state especially those prayers that whom we offer at this time.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving on page 19. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you, Chris and Robert, for helping out. Uh, blessings to all of you and peace today. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Good day. I'll get you with everybody. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.